Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Spencer Israel, Joy Alcon, and Dennis Dick is here, but he's in a fast market getting his kids ready for school. So when the kids get off to school, Dennis will be back with us. I promise we got to talk about Bitcoin today. Uh, that'll be the story of the day. There, the kids are off to school. They're on the bus, and Dennis is here. Dennis, welcome. We uh, Thanks for joining us. So we're going to talk Bitcoin. We're going to talk Nike. We're going to talk Costco. Uh, we're going to talk some M&A. We're going to talk all of that with J.C. Peretz at 835. He is from All-Star Charts. We've been trying to get J.C. on this show for like a month. We've had to reschedule. He had to go do a wine harvest. He's back, so we'll get JC and JC's technical thoughts on uh, in a half hour from now. Before I throw it to Joel, quick PSA, next Tuesday, right? Yes, the 28th, Tuesday, Joel will be live with Gene Munster and a mystery guest, 1 to one thirty. premarketprep.com. Uh, here's a code for you already. I'm going to give you a code to access the debate. The code is... PMP Mystery 28. I'll put it on the screen, okay? I'll, 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 I'll literally spell it out for you. PMP Mystery 28. That code will get you in on Tuesday. 1 to one thirty. Joel with Gene and a mystery guest debating technology stocks. Okay, let's get to the charts, though, Joel. How are we doing this morning? Under pressure. Little David Bowie song here. Yeah, it's uh, a song. Yeah, a little rally off, you know, last night, you know, trick Dennis going into that eight o'clock close. Oh, yeah, they tricked me again. They floated <laughs> up. They couldn't take out the high. They missed the high from yesterday by four and a half handles. And then I'm not sure if we got China or they didn't like the Nike earnings, but just kind of rolled over. And uh, now we're down 22 handles at 44.16. We're just. Right in the area of last Friday's close. I was talking about that yesterday, and we exceeded it by 25 handles. Well, now we're back under it. So important day for the market to see if we can at least end up green on the week. Uh, crude, spending some time over $73. Uh, new high for the move today, but it's down 22 cents at 7308 Gold got shellacked yesterday. New low for the move, trying to rebound up a buck twenty, seventeen fifty-one. Silver in the red by fourteen cents at twenty-two fifty-three. Uh Bitcoin under pressure, heading towards that forty K low, two of those lows at forty K, uh down thirty six hundred dollars, forty one. 340 and Ethereum that's moving in sympathy. That's down 11%, $355 at uh, 2814. Yeah. So maybe but let's start with the overall market here. Um, Dennis, I'd be curious to get, to get your thoughts on the fact that we filled Friday's gap and then some actually. I, we've had a good rally. I yeah. mean, if you're coming and buying it now, I said it yesterday. I thought you were doing it backwards, and we tacked on more. So, yeah. again, though, 
I think you're buying dips now too. So I'm always doing the same thing. We're in this chop and slop market. You got to buy the dips and sell the rips. Yesterday's rip to be sold, I guess, you know, obviously early yesterday, but you're getting a dip here this morning. So you got your shopping list and you go out and you do some shopping. The other stock that I bought, I forgot was Jemiah. So I bought JMIA three days ago, around $19, went to 20, dipping back here today. So just looking at putting some more risk on, just allocating around. I don't think Evergrande is the event that's going to make us go into a bear market. I don't think we're going down 20%. We had a little 5% correction in the SPY, and they can't stop buying them. So you know what? I think you're going to win your bet, Spencer. I think we're going to be making new highs by the end of the year. But I'm using the dips to buy. Today, you get a little dip. Maybe you do a little shopping. Just indecision. I just think, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had that the dip last Friday, the dip last Monday, Tuesday. We were still lower, but it kind of felt like an update. The Wednesday rip and then Thursday rip. And now, I don't know, I kind of feel like we're just maybe going to find some kind of trading range. And it's going to be below the all-time high. Uh, and I don't know, maybe just above the 4,300 level, uh, maybe not even take out that low and just grind for a while until we decide what to do. But, you know, we got through the fed meeting, uh, and to definitely two day rally got back more than half the move. Uh, just what's the catalyst, you know, there's, you know, we keep getting a uh, submarine by China in certain sectors, uh, Certain tech sectors are under, you know, a part of, you know, Facebook's under pressure. So that's it. I'm, I'm yeah. looking for more of a trading range and more of a rip higher, rip lower. Okay. I think, well, that's what we've been saying. You know, you're saying the exact same thing that we've been saying. It's buy the dip, sell the rip. We're in a trading range. There is, you know, really, you know, you look at IWM for the last year and it's a better indicator for the overall market. It's just range bound. And you know what? We just went from the bottom of the range four days ago around 214 up to 225. So I think now it gets tougher. So I do think we're going to make new highs by the end of the year, but it's not going to be easy sailing. And we're not like, it's not like a bold call here at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, we're 2% off the highs. So, you know, 2.5% here on SPY. So it's not a bold call at all to say we can make new highs. Are we going to go break out and have a 25% rally from here? Well, nobody knows anything, but I think we just do more of the same. I think, you know, you, you keep just trading because if you're putting stocks in and saying, yeah, this stock's going way up, take the gains when you got them because you know what? It's just the market will take them away from you if you don't take them because that's what I've learned in this environment here. It's not the environment that we're running 30, 40, 50% and everything's just going awesome. It's the environment where we're just just chopping around and just moving around oscillating. So fade trade wins in this environment. Yeah. And that's basically what I said yesterday with Joel in the afternoon is like, uh, we're not going to get, I don't think we're going to get all time highs next week, but we're going to get all time highs at some point. I think so. Why not? Why not? Where is the money going to go? The Tina trade is probably the most important thing. Where are we going? Joel, where are you putting money? You keep Uh, it in cash. And you're getting the shit kicked out of you by inflation. I'm telling you. No, 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 no. Hold on. I will tell you. We are all going to do the same thing today. Ready? Let's all come in and collectively buy the dip in crypto. How about that? I I might. Okay. I might. (laughs) I'm not against it. China torpedoes something else again. I mean, China is just at war with capital markets right now because they come in and they just torpedo a sector twice a week. 
You know, what have they done now? Let's just go through right. the tail of the tape with China. Start from the beginning. How many stocks? They started with their own stocks, obviously. Didi. You know, and even no, start no. with Alibaba. Alibaba was first. Alibaba is the first. Baba first. Okay. And look at Alibaba. Like, holy crap. I should have sold all that. I'm down in the stock. I bought it five years ago. Watch them go to 150 to 300. It's back down to $147. So I'm actually down in it now. I sold half of it. Thank goodness. Wish I would have sold it all. It's the only pure Chinese stock that I own. It's about 1% of my portfolio, becoming less every day. And you know what? I wish I didn't own any. I wish I didn't own anything. Over right. There. It was it was Alibaba, and then it was like Baidu. There, I feel like together, and both then... of those stocks. So Alibaba is down fifty five percent from the highs. Baidu is now. Let's go to those highs, which were overdone, way overdone, but well over fifty percent from the highs as well. Significant right. sell offs. Right. So so from there we've got uh, DD. Yeah. Right. If they I'm going, their Uber. I'm going in order. I don't. It might not be going. Yeah. yeah. Um. And actually, if you really want to start, you you could even say, well, let's start with with the travel industry with COVID. But let's not go there. So so DD. Ah. Um. Then you've got, um, casinos, and oh no 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 then There's video more games. stuff between them. What do you then, have? Then video games. Video games. Right. Yeah. You can't play video games. Those are bad. And casinos. Then casinos. But. I should I should point out if if I say crypto today we we should point out that this, today is not the first time that China has come out negative on crypto. Actually, yeah, they don't like crypto. Nothing really has. I guess the only thing that's changed today is that the 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 People's Bank of China actually said that crypto transactions need to be banned. Um, they haven't been banned yet. They're just saying they need to be banned. Uh, but we 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 knew this. We knew that China didn't didn't like crypto. Crypto goes against everything they're about. Control. Yeah. I mean, this is taking oh. control away. So Wait. crypto is right at the heart of like you can't control it. So of course they don't want you know they don't they don't want their people transacting crypto. They want to be able to control. They want the control. So thank you, Eddie Lee. We forgot education as well. The education, education, absolutely hammered yeah. over there. Bring yeah. us a couple of those, like TAL. Yeah, TAL. Look at this stock. You want to see a good investment? Laugh out loud. Eighty, no, ninety dollars in February. TAL was ninety dollars in February. It's four bucks. It's four dollars. So I don't know. Down ninety percent. You think it's probably going to zero? So when they go that far, but I don't know. I can't, I can't touch them at this point in time. EDU, back in February, twenty dollars a share. It's a buck ninety three. They have just torpedoed so many sectors, man. So many sectors. Yeah. What about it's serious? Uh, and the sec- and they don't come back. That's the one thing to consider too. Well, there's is one. We haven't seen back. like, oh yeah, they shrug off the China. You know, Baba never shrugged it off. Didi never shrugged it off. The, the video gamers really haven't shrugged it off. Casinos really haven't shrugged it off. Maybe crypto. It, it, we haven't seen a bounce. Like that's one thing to consider. The, the sectors they're torpedoing, Joel. To, to use your words, they've never come back. They don't come back. So I don't know. Like, do you not buy the dip on stuff they're attacking? Well, maybe. But cri- can we really agree that crypto is a different beast than than companies? And I would think thoughts? so. Right. I would hope so. I would hope so too. But what it's about, serious. Uh, I what mean, about... we'd be we'd be easily at all time highs if it wasn't for China. I mean, easily. We know that. What about uh, it, it, it's it, it's yeah. the biggest risk out there because you don't know what they're going to do next. Lucky Kitchen. 
<laughs> yeah, we're walking. walking well, that wasn't their fault, that, though. That, that, that was just that was actually fake. actually uh, we've looked at that stock in the last couple of weeks, haven't we? It's LKC and what? No, what's the ticker? LNKC. That was just a scam, though. That wasn't the Chinese regulators' fault. It's, it was just a scam. That. I'll get it. It's so it's LKC LKNCY. It's actually not doing that bad. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so so that's why crypto is down today you've all seen that news by now i'm sure um the futures bitcoin down eight ethereum down 11 percent um I, as i said to randy on the news desk i guess we're buying more today <laughs> i guess that's what the only thing we're gonna do i don't know i i might increase my crypto exposure we'll see but again now i think about it when china starts attacking something it doesn't seem to bounce back right away so maybe that makes me yeah, a little more hesitant so. it's like the third or fourth time this has happened now making so. uh making new lows here dennis we're just kind of just kind of still a slow leak from yesterday yeah. we had pressure on the close and i'm not sure how they popped it up to uh that 5150 what the heck time did they do that i must have been sleeping I know I was sleeping. What is? Oh, you're I was sleeping. Sleeping. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, let's see here. <laughs> what time is? Oh, just after midnight. Hmm. Should have had orders out there. But where are we going? We're going to the interday low from yesterday. Um, oh, one and a quarter. So yeah, the battle for last Friday's close is still on, folks. Where we'll see. We're a uh, long ways from there, though. No, We're no, no. One hundred and twenty points. Above the low we set four days ago. So there is some air below. There's air above, but there's air below. So I think you got to pick your stock. You got to pick, you know, what, you know, and have your list. But just coming in and saying, okay, I spy, this is a dip, I'm going to buy. You might be right, but there's, you know, where do you stop yourself out? We go 335 too. I mean, we're still, for 435, we're still well above that low from four days ago. So it was a hell of a rally. You know, yesterday was just way, it was overdone yesterday and then, or, or at, at the open, and then it kept running yesterday too. So the rally is way overdone. This, this, this dead cap bounce became, you know, it got two thirds of it back. So I think you're lightening up into the rips and you're buying the dips and just continue to do that until it doesn't work anymore. I know we sound like a broken record on this show, but you know what? It's been working. So we're going to continue to repeat what is working. Let's move on. Uh, if you guys want, and we can go to Nike here because uh, they reported earnings last night, and uh, basically the theme of their report and the theme of the press con- of the, the the conference after with the, the analyst call was uh, supply chain problems. And because of those supply chain problems, they did lower their sales guidance a little bit. Uh, prior to yesterday, their sales guidance for the year had been low double digit growth, low double digit percent growth year over year. Now it's more like mid single digit percent growth year over year. This is for their their sales for the year. So lowering their sales guidance um, and what they said was just all kinds of supply chain problems. That was basically my takeaway. The numbers, I mean, I'll give you the numbers if if you guys want them, uh, even though guidance is more important than earnings. Uh, EPS came in uh, five cents above the estimate. Sales came in a smidge below the estimate. Uh, Comps were up. Or I'm sorry, uh, online sales were up 25 percent year over year, but it's all about that that guidance lowering and supply chain problems and all sorts of stuff. They talked about Vietnam and and factory closings and all all kind of things. But anyway, sales guidance lowered for the year is the bottom line. Are these going away anytime soon? These supply chain problems. I mean, some of this comes from China as well, does it not? Oh yes, for sure. So I mean, 
China's at war with the capital markets. They probably are at war here. Like, I wonder if some of this isn't starting to be intentional somehow. Some of these supply chains. I, 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 I know that's all over the place. And yes, demand is through the roof on a lot of different stuff. But it's everything. Like, you know, you talk about Nike. I mean, they're, I, I've got my next door neighbor doing, you know, a renovation on their house. Same time we're doing our build. They've been waiting on vanities for like two months. Like they're ready to move in. But they have like, you know, they're waiting for fixtures. They're waiting for their vanities. And it's like the stuff's on order and it just doesn't come in. It's the same thing with my Apple, you know, iPhone that I just ordered. They're like, well, we're projecting it out three weeks. Well, they're like, but we don't really know. I mean, it's crazy to think we're in this environment where we can't get stuff. You know, so, like we've never we never experienced this. Not very often in North America do we experience like I want to buy something and there's just none of it to buy. Why can't it's they unload those ships? Why can't they unload? I mean, is it workers? There's no room. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I know California's always screwing things up, but uh, what... <laughs> throwing throwing darts at California today. Yeah, <laughs> they, if California just broke off into the ocean. I mean, it would be like a, a big <laughs> win for our country. Um, okay. Yeah. Strike that from the record. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I disagree with that. No, Take Florida while you're at it. Um, but oh, no, I like Florida. I okay. Like Florida. Uh, no, no. Nike's uh, in trouble here. I mean, anyone that says that Nike's not in huge technical trouble here, then they don't know how to read charts. I mean, first of all, you had the gap and go off earnings. And then the street just said, I want out of this stock. I do not want to be on this stock going into earnings. And right, boom, the street was right. Now, what do you do if you get into this gap? 150.48. You know, I mean, it's it's going to fill the gap. It's good. I don't know the exact path to it, but that was a ridiculous gap. It held it, attacked on another 35 points. And it's just going to labor. So I, I don't think you try and pick a bottom anywhere between here and 135. And the, the whole thing to Dennis's question about the supply chain problems and when it gets sorted out, this actually reminds me a little bit of, of, of COVID last year in that we no one had really had any clue as to when it was going to end or when it was going to get better. And it seems like we're just repeating the same thing where we maybe we thought – the, the, this could be a temporary problem or these supply chain problems or they'll get sorted out by the end of the year. Don't worry. Well, Nike is saying not so fast. It's going to take a little while longer to get these all these problems. And it stems from labor shortages. They're all, it's all connected, right? It's all economics. Everything is connected, right? Labor shortages yeah. here leads to delays there. You know what I mean? So yeah. sounds like what's, what everyone is saying, if you just read the tea leaves, is like, Forget 2021. This is going to be a 2022 problem as well. It's going to be a long problem. I mean, yeah, I, yeah it is. Uh, as long as uh, the food chain's not disrupted, I'll be okay, right? <laughs> yes. There's certain stuff you can't get in the stores, too, though. You go in the grocery store, and there's some empty shelves on certain products, too. Yep. It's not even, you know, there there is food issues, too. Like, not saying we can't get food, but there is some stuff on that is not on the shelves. I mean, I and, and and again, you know, like we had issues even up here with suntan lotion in the summer. I was like, I went in there and I was like, the complete. I went in a couple of stores. It's completely empty. The spray suntan. They had the the. I like the spray, but there was like it was all empty shelves. I'm like, this is crazy. Well, I'm sure now it's not empty. Oh yeah, now I mean, you know, not in summer anymore. Who the hell wants sunscreen? But you can always get the yeah, stuff when you don't you want know. it. No, but no, you couple increased demand. Anything that has increased demand right now. They're not able to meet the supply is not able to meet it. So you have jack up the demand just for seasonality too, like in sunscreen's case, 
and it's trouble meeting the demand. So it, it's an issue. It's an issue for sure for a lot of companies. And, you know, you just got to start looking through when, you, you know, you're looking and trying to predict these earnings reports and saying, hey, you know, a company like Nike, I mean, some of them were predictable, like Campbell's. It's predictable. They were going to be getting squeezed. There are certain companies that are getting squeezed. So, I mean, logic is winning in some of these cases. So in the case of Nike, you're thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, supply chain issues here once again, stocks okay. down. So, supply, supply, uh, supply. That's, I mean, that, that's not boding well for inflation, right? That's supply, higher, well, high well, demand, it's all higher prices. Too. Yeah. Like Spencer's right with the labor shortage too. I mean, people aren't, don't want to work for 15 bucks an hour. They don't want to do these jobs for 15, 20 bucks an hour. And they shouldn't have to, because I mean, how do you, when prices are going up and this is all stems back, you know, some of we can say it's on China, but let's go back to the fed. I mean, they're so scared to even taper. They've caused all these problems. You know, you can say, oh, Powell's doing a good job. Is he really? Is he really? I mean, we've got, you know, interest rates that have been so low forever. The entire economy is built on debt, including the U.S. government, where, you know, we've got to raise the debt ceiling every six months. It's inevitable. The hole is so deep. There's no way to ever get out of it. So they just keep hoping that they're just going to continue to dig the hole because what else can you do? When you're literally stuck in this holes a mile up and you have no way of ever climbing out of it, you just dig it and hope you find a way out through the bottom. Because, and that's what, you know, it all it comes back to is the, the Fed. It's been too easy. The money's been too easy. Now inflation is running rampant and it is. The lies that they feed us that it's 2% is an absolute joke. Wait, wait. No one is an saying absolute it. Absolute joke. No one is saying it's 2%. Okay. I got the, go to my Twitter feed. What do you mean no one is saying it's 2%? It's exactly what Powell said. During his press conference, go to my Twitter feed. I took a picture of his comment, which was an absolute joke. Go to my Twitter feed. Right, I have it up. I have bring it. Bring it up from like, I don't tweet that often, like four or five tweets ago, probably. Powell forecasts show very modest overshoots of 2% inflation goal. That's what he said. That's what he said. Right from the freaking press conference. Look at that. That's what he said from his mouth. Okay. That is a lie. He Folks, got me there. That is just lying. It might be on their crappy indexes because they put TVs and garbage in there, but they don't include housing. They don't include energy. They don't include food in any of those numbers. And that's the stuff where you're really spending money on. You know, people are spending money on that stuff. The guy is just, you know, they're, they're, if, they, if, they, if they honestly aren't lying, then they're just the stupidest people on the planet. Because you can go anywhere and 2% is a joke. We are not running at 2%. We're running at 8 to 10% on all of our important stuff. It's significant. And this is why it's hard to think that the stock market is going to turn around and crash because where do you put your money? If I'm sitting in cash, I'm getting crushed right now. So at least when you're in stocks or even crypto, at least you're keeping up so far with inflation. You know, as long as you're making 8 10% on your money a year, at least you're keeping your purchasing power. But if you're sitting in cash and cash is giving you like the TLT, going to go in the 20-year bond, sit for 1.46%. Yes, you know, the bonds can continue to rise and you can get that extra return. But really, you're buying 20-year bond at 1.46%. I got to think eventually this bond market just epically collapses. Well, oh, whoa. Okay. that <laughs> I got to think that. That, that. that was a leap there at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going and just saying eventually, you know, if you're jumping in and throwing all your money in a bond in a 20-year at 1.46%, eventually you lose some money. Okay. And it's worked. Because the yields have gone lower and we're saying negative yields and the bonds have went up in price because of that. But you're not keeping up with inflation. I think eventually you don't want any of that stuff. I don't know where else you go. 
That's why I think it comes back to the equity markets, why I'm not bearish stocks. Uh, okay. If I can bring it back to Nike for a second, one of the reasons or I liked the Nike earnings is because there's always mad sympathy plays to go off Nike, right? You can go Under Armour. You can go Foot Locker. You can go Skechers. There's good ones. Yeah. There are more. I'm, I'm just, I only gave three there. Foot but. Locker's your pure play. Obviously, they sell a lot of Nike shoes. So Nike supply issues, it's like, uh-oh, that's not good for Foot Locker. So you, know, so you go to Foot Locker, and that's obviously going to spill over into that. Lululemon is another one that does trade off sympathy with it. But Foot Locker has been, you know, a little more in the gutter than Nike for a while here. We've topped out back in May. We are now 64 down to 50. You're talking 15 points on 65, 20, 25% off the highs. So it is a pullback. Am I jumping in Foot Locker, though, when there's supply issues coming on from one of their major shoe producers? It's tough. So yeah. I don't know where, you know, I, I, the trend is ugly too. I think we're going to bring JC on. We know JC doesn't like downtrends. This Foot Locker clearly in a downtrend here right now. What about this Lululemon here? If you want to, you know, if you're worried about this, look at that. Just perched up and gapped up at all time highs and holding. Bill Big D, I don't know if your girlfriend sold their stock yet, but man, oh man, I mean, here you are, new all-time highs, hanging out, down 291, sympathy. Um, but we had, uh, I mean, Under Armour really doesn't go anywhere. What's that? What's a more liquid one? UA? No, they're, both, they're both very liquid. I yeah, they both they're both It's a nice, you know, and obviously we talked share class arbitrage. I talked in my, our last uh webinar that we did on an educational event we'll talk a little bit more about it in october and at our next uh-huh. educational event um they're both very liquid ua uaa are nice to nice to trade against each other obviously the two stocks track each other perfectly i mean this is a stock that has been in the gutter for years it's trying to show some light but supply if you got supply chain issues going through nike you probably got supply chain issues going to hit Under Armour too eventually. So this is, you know, a stock where, you know, could it be potentially that they say something? When does the UA report? Do they report coming up or do they already? Uh, they're, already they're already out. They're, they're already out, out, out. So we won't hear about them for two and a half months then. But maybe those yeah, issues. No, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, Under Armour reported on the uh, 20, on the August 3rd they reported. So they got another, uh, yeah. you got another month. Yeah. Is there supply issues going to happen to these types of companies too? Possibly. So I don't want to. I don't want to come in here and obviously you've got supply issues. We know what they they torpedo the stocks. It's not even sometimes the company's fault. They've got demand for the products and they can't get. It. I mean, Ford GM. You know that was the biggest issue for them too. You know yep. this, the chips shortage. So is that their fault? Not really. But they torpedoed <laughs> yeah. the stocks for it. Yep. So I. I Probably out on UA for now as well. Mitch is pointing out dicks as well, which is also a sympathy play here, and it's trading it's trading down off this number. So remember, yeah. dicks does so many more things than just. But it's stuff. but it, yeah, but it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same problem. So I mean, why else? A lot else of we, things to think about. Yeah. Yeah, sure. you know, one thing that really bothers me is, and I still can't figure it out on the Michigan football jersey. Yeah. They Somehow have, he's going to bring it to Michigan. They have Jordan on there, to do it. You know, doing his like his his basketball thing. I mean, well, what? Oh. I don't understand that. He he was anti Detroit. 
It's basketball. <laughs> this is going to be the worst tangent we've right. ever went on. Look at Michigan's jersey. Hey, listen, right, it's listen. very disheartening. Listen, to see these are the things. Around. These are the things that Joel thinks about at night. When, it, <laughs> when Joel can't sleep, he, he's thinking. He, he thinks. I about, don't understand it. He thinks, thinks about, about Michigan sports, though. How uh, how many times a day are you thinking about Michigan sports? Not as much as I used to. I'm missing another home game. All right. I've only gone to one home game so far. There's only been two. Okay, no, there's been three. Okay, there's been three. Okay, fine. I'm going to be one for four. Okay, well, let's stick with the earnings theme and move on to Costco here. Um, numbers at a Costco. It, it, it's sort of the same story, right? It, it's it's trying to understand the impacts of of inflation and supply chain. But the takeaway for Costco, their earnings were were good. Their sales were good. Uh, revenue up 17% year over year. That was a bit above estimates. Uh, comms. We already got comms for. For we, we get them for the beginning of every month, the previous month. So we already got the comps number. That was strong for August. Um, membership uh, fees were uh, up 12%, a bit above estimates there. Notably, every single segment had double-digit growth, percent growth year over year. So um, there wasn't as much in this report about the effects of, of, of inflation um, or, or even supply chain problems as, as there were in Nike. But it was a, it was all in all a good report, but but I think the stuff, I think the market doesn't know what to think of it. There's so many things to buy at Costco though. Like you gotta think, you know, Nike and, and think about it. They're mainly selling shoes. Like how much their money just comes from shoes. Costco's selling everything. Everything. There isn't one sector that's gonna be like, oh yeah, we get forty percent of our revenue from this. So it's a different issue. They're just selling a lot of different stuff. So you know, it's not, and I don't know, like, I didn't read the Nike report to say specifically what it was in the supply chain, but when you have, you know, one main product, which, you know, I've got to think it's shoes. I don't, you know, I know they sell a lot of their stuff too, but I got to think the main product is shoes. It's a completely different animal than a company that sells a million different products. So, you know, obviously you might have individual supply too. chain issues on some products. They just put other stuff on the shelves at Costco. I'm going to give you a, a long-term number here, and it's going to be good for today and also just, like I said, longer term. What's going on at 456? I mean, you did have the spike above that on the print. Your last three sessions highs have surrounded that area, and now someone's there right now trying to sell. And it's basically an area of a triple top, kind of in the middle of the training range here. So this gets above 456. Hold, go test the top of the training range. Just feels like someone has a lot of stock there to go at 456. And then not too worried about the downside here. Monday's low nicely coincided. Monday's low at 4662. That coincided with three other lows right at the 4675 area. So decision time for Costco. Can we bust out 456? And we're quite a ways away from that low, but that's where I get concerned uh, for more downside in Costco. I mentioned to Spencer, I mean, that's the only place where you go, you shell out four or 500 bucks, you know? And you get I your do. $2 you... hot dog at the end of it and you leave with a smile. The hot dogs are smaller now. Everything, and, Joel. This is and, the hidden inflation. And you know this what else what, they got? They got this rid is of... what the Fed doesn't track too: product sizing. I, it's it's totally the way they've been inflating prices for a decade. Is oh yeah, you know it's the same thing, it, it, Joel. Nope. You're exactly right. Everything has gotten smaller. We've talked about this on the show too. You see those Reese's peanut butter cups? 
look, I bring it back to like Kennedy or whatever. But that, do you see them? Dennis, you're talking They're about one biters now. You're talking to the wrong crowd with the Reese's. Yeah, we're both allergic. <laughs> uh, okay, but well, also- anyway, so you guys don't see it, but the chat sees it. I mean, there are so many things that have gotten significantly smaller, yet they don't say, oh, so if you can't bring up the price 10%, then you decrease the product size what? 10%. That's 10% inflation. Yeah, that's not tracked. I mean, Jam. That's not tracked. Jam's has got it. It's tr- That's shrinkflation in a nutshell right there. And it's uh, true. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. This isn't even a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. The, the crap today, Joel, you agree, the hot dogs, everything gets smaller. smaller everything has gotten and smaller. You got rid of the oven uh, onion grinder. You know, on the side. Oh, that's probably, yeah, because of COVID. You know, you used to be able to grind the onions, but yeah. you know what? This is not that I buy it that often, but uh, and it, it's kosher bacon. They, you know, they used to have those bacon packs. I, I don't, I, we got it last time and you know, it's horrible. I'm never buying, I don't know where they're getting their quality from, but uh, I'm done with it. No oven grinder. I don't know. Okay. And also some other things you could just see, you open it up. You're like, wow, I can't believe how small that is. So yeah, that's another right. thing. I was do. also reading this morning about, there's like, I guess a shortage of, uh, of liquor and wine and spirits out there. Um, I, 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 I read that this morning in all seriousness. And our, our next guest can actually speak to that a little bit because, he's in addition to being the founder of all-star charts and a master chartist and technician he uh all is also uh a uh, he also owns a winery and uh jc peretz is going to join us now on pre-market prep jc good morning how are we doing fellas how are we uh, jc how how, how's the how's the harvest going the wine harvest save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So far, we haven't screwed it up too bad. Okay. We actually, we actually got a picture, everyone, uh, of JC uh, mid-harvest here last week or the other week. Uh, oh, there it is. There we go. There it is. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm stepping on the grapes. All right. We got jokes. We got jokes. No, we haven't uh, pressed it yet. It's been sitting with the, uh, with the yeast. As of yesterday, the bricks were at 16. We picked it at 26, and we'll probably press it when it gets down to about 1. Right, so the yeast converts the sugar into alcohol. This guy knows everything. He's got this all figured out too. Makes his own wine. Mike looks like he's a Mike Tyson punch out champion too. I love that picture behind you, man. Like that, I get a lot of compliments. Awesome joke. Like I I was doing like this financial advisor thing. You know how financial advisors love being like, oh, everybody has a plan, so you get punched in the mouth. So that was kind of like making fun of them, and everybody (laughs) loved this. I just left it up. Awesome. Nice. That's one of the best video games ever made. They don't make them like that anymore, man. That game was awesome. No one makes video games anymore. Well, yeah. We got Look at Activision. Okay. JC, I would love to get your thoughts on just general broad market. Where do you think we're at right now? Where are you on the bullish to bearish scale? Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Well, you know, I mean, really since March, 
you know, we've been in the camp that we're in the midst of a, of a major con- consolidation, right? A digestion yeah. of gains, just classic year two of a cycle behavior. So market peaked in the second week of February. It's just been breath deterioration ever since. Some stocks have been working. Most stocks have not. And the question was then and still is, how long is it going to take? Even then, and since now that we have more data, uh, it's really just confirmed that thesis, it was always, this is just a consolidation within an ongoing uptrend, like all of those other year twos of cycles that will ultimately resolve higher and risk will be put on again, if you will. And now that we have six more months of data or seven more months of data, we still feel that way. We feel more like that than ever before. So the question is, how long is it going to take? And you know, listen, there are stocks making new highs. We're going to talk about some of the stocks we're buying here today. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that only some stocks are working and most stocks still are not. So yeah. we're looking for breadth expansion. We're looking for an expansion in new highs, not the continued deterioration of new highs. You know, we're looking for an expansion of sectors and industry groups breaking out to new highs, not the deterioration that we've seen. If anything, we've seen an expansion of breadth internationally. Um, which I think bodes really well. The fact that the breath data is better internationally than in the U.S., I think that's impressive. I mean, Europe's been impressive. You know, like we, we look at China, it hasn't been impressive, but Japan's been very impressive. And obviously, and Europe, you know, yep. Yeah, so so you are seeing money still flow into international funds. It's just, you know, maybe the money's coming out of China and moving into those international funds. Maybe it doesn't want to come, but obviously China's had its own problems, but I mean, so, okay, so you talked about specific sectors. Where are you looking? Like, what do you, what do you see that you like out there? Yeah, you know, I'd stay away from the new lows list. You know, when you see new lows. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true, though. That's JC, man. He's, yeah. and, and you know what? That's the best tip right there. Stay away. Just right on your wall. Right, right beside the Mike Tyson's punch-out picture. Stay away from the new lows list. It's a yeah. good tip. The new lows list is not where you should start your analysis when you're looking for longs, right? It's true. Uh, new lows and everybody just, does that. Listen, you don't you don't see a lot of new lows and uptrends. That's what I've seen in my uh, in my day. You tend to see new highs, right? So that's where we like to look. That's where we like to go fishing, right? So software, right? I mean, it's hard to argue against software. Um, you know, the relative strength there is off the charts. So names like Palantir, uh, names like uh, uh, Unity Software. Ticker oh, symbol monster. JC, do you like, like in software, for example, do you like names that within a strong sector that have underperformed? Palantir is, has been a little bit of an underperformer compared to some other software names. Do you, do you like names like that that are that are maybe lagged their peers? Well, Palantir, as we speak, is making new seven-month highs. Uh, okay. So I was going you go and you that. look at the, at the amount of stocks that are making seven-month highs, I, I haven't done that so far today, or I didn't yeah. do it all week, actually. My argument is you're probably not going to find a lot of names that are making new seven-month highs. So by definition, that is relative strength for sure. Not to mention that the the risk versus reward is so well-defined because we're coming out of that base. So if Palantir is not above 28 bucks, you can't own it, right? It's really that simple. 28 is the line in the sand. You're above 28, all in, baby, let's go. And what I like about Palantir is something similar to the phenomenon we saw in Tesla. There are people who are choosing not to buy it 
for reasons that have nothing to do with profiting in the market. They think it's a scam or they don't like the CEO or his political beliefs or whatever it is. You know, that's awesome. That's great. The more people hate a stock for reasons that have nothing to do with the behavior of the stock, the more bullish it is. You know, Tesla 2.0. Uh, JC, I want to ask you about this chart that you tweeted uh, the other day. Uh, if you're, you're eyeing high beta right now or, or the, the high beta low vol um, uh, pair trade. Yeah. Can, can you explain this to us here? Well, I mean, it was a high beta chase right the entire time, right? Off the lows in 2020, it was a beta chase all the way. And in February, high beta stopped outperforming low volatility stocks, just like so many other things peaked, right? So the, the new highs list peaked in, Feb in the second week of February. Biotechnology peaked in February, emerging markets, the IPO index, the NASDAQ advanced decline line. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So many things peaked in February. That was the best things were. You recall, that's when everybody had a SPAC. You know, everybody's making money, crypto ripping, the whole thing. That was the best things were. And since then, it's been deterioration. You can obviously see it in the high beta versus low volatility ratio. And then below, we're looking at the value line index, which is going to give us the median stock price right so this is not an index that's driven by five mega caps you know like the s p 500 or the nasdaq this really gives you a better idea of what the market is actually doing which has been a big nothing burger for most of the year so if that high beta is real because we're making new multi-month highs relative to low volatility my suspicion is the median or average stock will also start to do well Remember, the average stock in the NASDAQ is down 27% right now. The median stock in the NASDAQ is down over 20%. So most stocks are in bear markets, have been in bear markets. Uh, the majority of names have been struggling for most of the year. I think this high beta, low vol ratio uh, can give us a heads up that perhaps that period has now is now over. Right. That's a crazy stat to think about, though, where you've got a majority of stocks down 20, 25%. You have the SPY sitting 2.5% off the highs, and everybody's sitting here waiting for a correction. What you're saying is the corrections happened in a lot of stocks. We're not even a correction. You're in a bear market in a lot of stocks. You've been a correction for seven months. If you're waiting for a correction, where you been, bro? <laughs> well, that's well, tell CNBC because they tell me every day they bring on a money manager saying, we got a 5% correction coming. We got a 10% correction yeah, coming. Every other analyst that comes on there is I'd rather, saying that. I'd rather ram my head against the wall and watch basic cable <laughs> television during the day. All right, JC. So, during the day. I don't understand. <laughs> you have nothing better to do watch fucking basic television during the day? Come on. Oh. People at <laughs> the airport. That's going to be faster on that beep. <laughs> people, at the, people at the airport, people at the doctor's office. Uh, are, Two terrible are, places. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> JC, uh, maybe give us a couple of names on your – you gave us Palantir. Uh, you gave us software. Do you have anything else that, that, that you like here? Etsy, baby. Etsy. How about Etsy? that? Look at that. 210, that's the level. If we're above 210 and Etsy, I like this baby long. I think it's got 50% of upside. Um, take a look at Yeti, believe it or not. Yeti. Yeti. Uh, Yeti. Oh, yeah. Six is my level. This is more consumer discretionary, showing a ton of relative strength. This has nothing to do with fundamentals because the less I know about a company, the better it is, as far as I'm concerned. But I do <laughs> know about this one because I have a Yeti and it is freaking awesome. Uh, and I feel like everybody I know who has a Yeti also loves it. Um, and man, they're expensive as hell. So they're doing something right. Stock looks great. It hasn't broken out just yet. Uh, so to be clear, we are looking at 106 bucks. If it's below 106, you leave it alone. Stay patient. 
But we want to buy a breakout above 106. I think it's got 50% of upside. Nice trade. And I love the relative strength. It's been a quiet one. I haven't looked at this one for a hot minute, but uh, yeah, very nice. And Etsy was one that it got so, you mentioned going back to February, right? And then it got punished so hard. But to your point, JC, it's 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 come most of the way back. No supply chain issues in Etsy. I, 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 I People guess. make the stuff. In I their guess, basement. Right? Yeah. Yeah, their basement. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. JC, where are you on this whole in, inflation? You know, in the Fed. Fed doing a good job. Fed doing a bad job. We oh, have man. inflation. Side, supply side issues. I mean. I can't wait for the answer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the day I start commenting on monetary policy, just put me out of my misery. <laughs> yeah. JC's lost it. It's over. All right. Take me out, you know, take me out and stick a fork in JC. It's all over. I have no idea what the Fed is doing, why they're doing it, why everybody's so concerned about it. That's not my problem. We're focused on price. As far as inflation goes, again, those are economic implications that are incredibly lagging, right? So if you're looking at inflationary data instead of price, like the other way around, right? The price moves first and then you see the inflation or the deflation, or the disinflation, or the stagflation, right? There's always some kind of flation and some sort of debate <laughs> as to which inflations it is. And I just don't understand it because deflations are the implications of price movements. So why don't you just look at price and not worry about deflations? That's all Jason, I want. Jason, it. There's just too many flations. That's that's really the problem here. Everybody's got a flation, right? Like freaking Oprah. You get a flation. You get a flation. You get a flation. Right? I miss that episode. So, uh, Joel, you gave him the softball off the middle on that one. I look did. Rate, look at commodity CRB index closing at new, check my math, like seven-year highs, eight-year highs at 220 or something like that on the CRB index. Take a look at the U.S. 10-year yield. Uh, the bond market is smart. I don't know if you heard, uh, but if the U.S. 10-year yield is above 1.4%, the cyclicals, I think, are back. The banks are back. Energy is going to break out. You know, those things sound somewhat inflationary to me. And then just to get, you know, come back full circle, if you're one of these idiots that think gold is an inflation hedge, the market keeps proving that thesis incredibly wrong. Gold is just a, a, a hedge against making money, it seems like to me. <laughs> There's so much truth there. Gold has, has been in the gutter here forever. I mean, yeah, we had a little break on 2020 from 140 to 160, but this GLD has gone nowhere for a decade. Imagine being but, you could have bought anything except precious metals and made anything. Money. Any every every idiot is making money except for the gold bugs. Yeah, more or less. Um, I just had to oh yeah, JC. The last thing before we let you go here, I, I just wanna well, I would love to know where your head was at last Friday, uh, last Thursday, last Friday, Monday. You know, we, we get a, a broad based correction we hadn't we hadn't gotten for a while. I know you were talking about the individual stocks being in corrections, but the overall market hadn't really done that for a while. I, I just want to know what what you what, what was going through your head on on Friday, Monday. Were you in full just like dip buying mode or great picking mode? Yeah. No, actually, no. I mean, we had really been hands off. You know, okay. individual names, things like that, but really, really neutral because a lot of important indexes and sectors like financials are below overhead supply, industrials, materials, uh, even technology below overhead supply. So there's really no transports getting killed. So there's really no reason to be aggressively bullish, particularly the broader markets. Okay. However, since then, I have been very impressed with the behavior this week 
particularly from the cyclicals, particularly from interest rates and the bond market, um, you know, and, and the lack of defensive rotation also, right? You're just not seeing that bid in bonds or yen or precious metals. You're just not getting that defensive rotation. In fact, the strength that we've seen in financials and in interest rates and in high beta, that's super impressive. So I have gone from, you know, neutral, be careful, the world might not be coming to an end, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense to be aggressively bullish equities to, huh, look at interest rates. Huh, you know, it looks like oil's going to break out above 76 soon. Huh, you know, all of these are very risk on that point to, you know, a ripper into the end of the year. And then from a seasonality uh, perspective, we're, we're coming to the end of that seasonally bearish uh, period that started you know, six months ago or so, and we're almost done. So not that I'm like Mr. Seasonality or anything like that, but if the market's going to finally get going from a broad perspective, just mathematically, this would be a perfectly logical time for that them to get their mojo going, you know, again, right? That that's that's what the seasonality says anyway for for the for the end of the year uh jc perrette is the founder of all-star charts guys allstarcharts.com uh at uh all-star charts uh on twitter as well uh great follow there uh jc uh pleasure to have you on as always i hope the harvest uh keeps going well for you thank you uh, sorry about the confusion last time it got all hot as hell in napa so harvest was like three weeks before it was supposed to so we peaced out we went to napa what kind of wine? Farm life, bro. Farm what, what what kind of wine? Uh, we're doing single vineyard Cabernet Sauvignon in Calistoga. Primo, primo juice. This is arguably some of the best Cabernet on planet Earth. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have to check it out for ourselves. Thanks a lot, JC. You got it, guys. All right. you See you soon. All right. Thanks, JC. Uh, uh, you want to know about charts? You want to know about wine? You go to JC right there. That's it, man. That's it. It's 850, it guys. It's 850 on a Friday. Let's do some taker time. Let's drop those tickers. There was a couple things we didn't get to. We didn't get to Meredith MDP. They uh, there was a report in the journal that they they may be getting taken over by IAC. There was no price given, but IAC did say it would be it would value uh, MDP at a, at more than two and a half billion dollars. So, so what do they do? They take it to a two and a half billion dollar valuation immediately on the rumor. Yeah. I mean, this is this market in a nutshell. It's like, oh. Oh, let's take it up 25% because that's a 25% premium. So better hope it goes through now if you're buying it at 5610 because I don't even know how much premium's left in it. So I, I, I have no position in this. Would I be buying at 5615 now, Ben? Absolutely not because I think the premium's all in there. I think if it gets taken over, it goes out of 58 or 60 maybe. If it doesn't, it goes right back to 44. So it's a major, the risk setup here is now to the short side. Unless there's another better that comes in or it's significantly above the 25% premium that the Wall Street Journal projected because I just did the quick math, $2 billion market cap close. And, you know, you're saying $2.5 billion. Well, that's 25% premium. It's up 25%. So they put it right on there right away. This is this market. It buys first, asks questions later. I would not be buying this up 25% on a rumor. Well, at least the com- I mean, the company says that they're talking about it. So that's oh, it's Wall Street Journal. It's legit. It's just yeah, like okay, yeah. well, we're gonna buy for a twenty five percent premium. Why are they buying it right away at the twenty five percent premium? So yeah. it sounds absolutely overdone to me. Being buying and for the entire thing, saying this deal is imminent. I don't sound it doesn't sound imminent to me. It sounds like they're talking. 
So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's going to be a 35% premium. Maybe the, the, the risk garbs are speculating a lot higher. But... Anybody else come in? Anybody else come well, in? Well, it, it, it said mm-hmm. in the article that there could be the potential for another buy or two. I did read it. I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know who that would be, though. It's maybe some private equity. I don't, I don't... Not like, this isn't like this on-fire industry here, too, Joel. That, oh, you yeah, know, then, yeah. I, I don't know. I think if you're long this stock, congratulations, great buy, ring the register and sell it. That's my opinion. I wouldn't stick around for the last couple bucks. Because if they all of a sudden pull the rug out from under this rumor, it could be back under 50 in a heartbeat. We've yeah, seen right this back happen to 40, yep. time and time again in this buy first, ask questions later market where you get something ramped right up on a rumor and then the rumor doesn't materialize and the stock collapses. So I think upside's two or three bucks. I think downside is 10 bucks. Not a good risk reward ratio. No, uh, not at this point in time. It was a 44. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tickers from the chat. Uh, thank you to whoever reminded me about CCL. I always, I'm terrible. Yeah, they always sneak it in. They always sneak, and it's always at like 9.15 Eastern time. It's always right before the open. So CCL is on the schedule to report earnings tonight. I'm they sorry. Tonight, this morning. They're on the schedule to report this morning. Uh, probably in like 20 minutes or so. Um. So let's pull up that CCL chart if we can. I mean, it had all kinds of resistance from 24 to 24 and a quarter, let's call it. And uh, it cleared that. So, I, you know, I still like it holding 24, moved to the upside. I mean, there's just spotty daily highs here, 25, 29, and then another high at uh, 26, 28. I mean, I don't know how good of a quarter they can have, but um, you know, how are, how many ships are still not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know the answer to those questions. Um, there, but you know, I, I mean, it's beat up. You know, these this industry has been beat up. Eventually, if we do get past COVID, it's going to be an industry that's on fire. Me and Raz were saying that a year ago that eventually, you know, the cruise lines could be an industry that catches fire. I will say, I would rather own a cruise line than an airline. Because there yeah. isn't a lot of business travel that's, happening on. That's what lines. I said. That's what that was my, yeah, yeah, my that's argument. A good point. Yeah. So if you're gonna go one or the other, I think um, you know I think cruise lines could eventually get back to where they were. I don't think airline is airlines are ever getting back to where they were because they lost so much business travel. There's not a lot of business travelers on cruise lines. So I'd rather own the cruise lines than the airlines at this point in time. We're not knowing Delta. I don't know if I want to own any of them. All right, let's keep going, I guess. We'll do some more thinkers in the chat here. Drop them in. we got five minutes left. Let's look at – someone's been asking about AstraZeneca for a few days now. I keep seeing AZN. That's like the second or third day in a row I've seen AZN in the chat. For some reason, this stock – so you have a lot of healthcare stocks that have simply fallen off a cliff. And if you look, and obviously, you know, you can go maybe away from the European ones. That you're, maybe it's just a European thing because the European stock's been hot. Merck has come down significantly. Lilly has come down significantly. Pfizer has come down significantly from the highs. Um, you know, even at going over to GlaxoSmithKline, it's come off significantly. And then you know, AstraZeneca just doing its own thing, making new highs all the time. JC would love the relative strength on the thing. I just look, you know, I'm a pure trader, and I'm like, well, it scares me, though. This has definitely been best of breed because it's one of the only major pharmaceutical companies that continues to break out. So it's good, it's breakouts, but this isn't the environment that breakouts have been working either. So I don't know if I'm paying up. I am a contrarian. People saying I'm a natural contrarian. I am. You know, I always have been, you know, but I like, you know, with JC, I like to buy 
stocks that are in uptrends, but I like to buy the dip in the uptrend. So, you know, so I'm a contrarian within an overall trending environment. I can say AstraZeneca is definitely trending higher. That's going for it. But what scares me is a lot of the other stocks in the sector haven't been performing well. I have a little AstraZeneca, I think, from the mid-50s. I cannot remember the exact price. Really, at an important area. This was a the, the pop-up to 64.94. Uh, that was on some COVID drug news. It didn't really pan out. Uh, but it's just been keep an eye on 61 here. Uh, this monthly high is 60.93. This is one, two, three, four months of trading action here. So a breakout over 61. Yeah, it's good, but definitely coming into a major, major area of resistance. I've got one that Mitch was talking about uh, earlier, about uh, an hour or so ago. Sony. Sony is $3 away from a tw- another 20 year high. Or 21 year high, excuse me. 21 year high. S O N Y. They changed the ticker on you, Joe. Yeah. Okay. This was so go back to that 20 year chart. I had, did not realize that Sony had not made a new all time high. No, it, it did in February. That That's impressive. So I'm paying $3 away from that. So go back to the long, long term chart, Joel. I, I don't know how far you can go back, but I. Uh, how, I mean, the monthly down here, how much farther do you want to go back? Well, he's saying that it was back in the, in the financial. In the dot com. Yeah, it was dot com. Uh, Doc, go back to the 2000s. See how high Sony was, you know, just to, again showing you. See, my 20, year, my 20 year gets caught on. Gets, I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. You got it almost. I got Keep it. Keep going. It's still, yeah, they don't have the uh, where it yeah. was in 2000. Here, I, I, I got it. I got it. One second. I got it. Spencer's got it. Bring it up. Bah, 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 bah. So many stocks he bought in the year 2000. Bro. Boom. There we go. Holy. Look at that. That was a boom. I mean, we keep saying, you know, and look at what it did. You know, it went from like $20 to like $160 in a couple of years, and it's never got back to those highs. Is that not incredible? You think you look and you're new to the markets and, wow, this Sony stock is just, I wish I would have just owned this when I was a little kid. Well, you know what? No, you don't, because if you would have bought 1999, 2000, you'd still be down significant amounts of money. $160 back in the year 2000. It's $116 today. That's what happens when you pay multiples through the roof and sit on them. You can trade anything, but when you get stuck in these high flyers and paying 80 times earnings or 30 times sales or 20 times sales, eventually the growth starts to slow, and that's what happens. So, I'm you know this is this is why you know I'm a value guy, not a growth guy. Shout out to Mitch for bringing this up this morning. I mean, if we're right there. We're three two dollars three dollars away, right, from that out that that February high, and so. Yeah, still significantly off the high from 20 years ago. Uh, there's no overhead supply. Nobody actually own, has owned this stock. Nobody even knows. Nobody remembers that. Way Nobody owns then. this stock for 21 years, I I, I think. Oh, way. I bet you. No, a, people some, don't okay. sell at losses. I'm joking. There are some pension funds, of course, that own it. But there's no pension funds. There's retail traders that would have been around back then. And heaven forbid you sell at a loss because nobody wants to ever right. cut their losers. Right. They don't sell at losses. And you know what? Eventually, maybe they'll get their money back, but it might take 50 years, better part of their lifetime to get their money back. I mean, same thing with Japanese stocks. We talked about the Nikkei, you know, topping out. Yeah. We're not back to where we were in 1992. So we're 30 years later, still trying to get back to those highs. Could that happen in the U.S. markets? It absolutely could. Is it going to happen imminently? No. 
I don't think so. I don't see any signs of like this imminent crash. And I think JC's right. And I think you're right, Spencer. I do think eventually we're making new highs. Again. All right, guys, I got to hop. I'm going to let you guys take right. it the rest of the uh, way. Uh, no pre-market prep plus today. Uh, Spencer, I'll be talking to you at 3.30. Okay, PSA, uh, if you're looking for upcoming events, uh, maybe I should have mentioned this a few days ago, but Netflix has an event tomorrow their uh to dumb event is what it's called they're gonna basically it's the first ever the first time they're doing this they're just gonna preview all the stuff all the movies all the tv shows that are coming to netflix i guess in the next Fun. few months or when years. is this it's tomorrow oh. so yeah i maybe there'll be a run-up today inside into that maybe, event maybe i should have mentioned that a few days ago sorry it, well, it, let's it was... see what the stock has done we'll quickly just stick with you for a second here. Okay. Oh, man okay. netflix is right near you know what this stock you want to talk about stocks making new highs and moving up higher Netflix content's killing it. Subscribers or whatever. It doesn't even matter at this point in time. They got an event coming. Why not? Why not make new all-time highs on Netflix? I all don't right. see any reason. You know, the valuation's extreme, but I don't see any reason why the stock is all of a sudden going to turn turn around and not. I, I think this is, if you're thinking the market's making new highs, Netflix is going to be one of the drivers. It's been a leader. I think it continues to remain a leader. Don't Tiger King 2, Vista Wander's pointing out. Don't say I didn't warn you, okay? Tiger King 2 is coming out for real. Uh, okay, that'll be uh, a wrap here. Guys, smash that like button, please. How many likes we're at today? We're at like three, we're at 253. Let's get to like 400. Uh, Dennis, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. We're going to do some live trading uh, at the open, into the open. Uh, Ryan Faluna, Mitch Hotch, uh, Zunaid. I'll stop by for, for a smidgen. Um, and then I got to prepare for the show afterwards. So I'm uh, going to end this stream. It'll redirect automatically to that. It'll start probably in another minute or so. So hit that like button. Please remember all the information from our show. It's meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to JC Perez. Thanks to all of you in the chat, uh, the, the, the lovers, the haters, everyone. We, we love all the feedback. We do. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to end the stream here, live trading with Benzinga, starting live in a minute. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.